Hey, welcome back to our study of Song of Songs, chapter 6, the last four verses right here on personal growth. She was questioned as, at the beginning of chapter 6, where is he? And she, she responded, in his gardens. And my question is, why wasn't she there with him, studying as she should be? Biblical study is so important to get us prepared for the, the questions that people are going to have for us. So he encourages her to keep up her studies by giving her a vision of how he sees her, an encouragement to keep studying, and then a vision of how the world sees her. Before she gets back to her studies, chat, verse 11, here comes the bride. I went down to the orchard of nut trees to see the blossoms of the valley, to see whether the vine had budded or the pomegranates had bloomed. Here we're walking into her second heir, saved to work for Christ. Okay, that's what she's thinking. I'm saved to work for Christ. If you go right back to chapter 2, verse 10, what's he say? Arise, my love, and come along. In, in chapter 4, verse 8, may you come with me from Lebanon. May you come with me out of that world of what? Darkness. John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We are not saved to work for Christ. We are saved to work with Christ. And the, in, in, at the end of chapter 7, it really gives us the, the correction. Because at the end of chapter 7, now she realizes I'm saved to work with Christ. And what do we see? Let us go. Let us spend. Let us rise. Let us see. And that's in just two verses that she now catches on that I'm here to work with Christ. I'm not here to do it by myself, which is what she's doing here at the end of chapter 6. She says, before I was aware, and I think you need to see this aware is prepared for the challenge of helping other people. Think about this. After you were baptized, how grounded were you really in Genesis, Exodus, Daniel, Matthew, Revelation? Were you ready to answer questions? You need to take time to prepare. All of God's leaders took time to get ready. Joseph, he didn't become second in command with Pharaoh right away after his brother sold him. He went through 20 years of hardship. Moses, he was 40 years learning how to be a shepherd before God got him to go in back into Egypt to take the people out and shepherd them for 40 years in the wilderness. Joshua, before he takes the people into the promised land, is learning with Moses for 40 years uh, as he's walking around in the wilderness. Daniel, three years Daniel is in the University of Nebuchadnezzar before he comes out and proves himself so that he is elevated to be second in command. The apostles trained with Jesus for three solid years before they were given the responsibility of, of being in charge of the church. The early church trained under the apostles for three years before Acts chapter 7, the stoning of Stephen, persecution broke out and the church scattered. But it was the first three years in Jerusalem when the church was studying under the apostles. And it was the apostles that took the persecution in there. Paul, after he became a Christian, had to take off and train for three years in Arabia with Christ. He didn't learn from Peter. He didn't learn from anybody. Read Galatians chapter 1 and you'll see. Timothy, 
after he was baptized uh, on the first missionary journey when Paul was up in Lystra. Paul went back to Antioch for three years and then on his second missionary journey picked up Timothy where? In Lystra because now he had his three-year training in and he was ready. What's with the three years? I'm just saying this is all I'm, I'm reading in the scriptures. Before I was aware, my soul set me. Set me, I believe, convicted me. Convicted me to share the gospel. I like Paul here in Romans 9, 1 to 3. I'm, I'm telling the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were a curse, separated from Christ, for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. You know, I've always thought that Paul really didn't like the Jews because of their persecution. But it's not true. Paul had such a compassion for them and tried to share it with them. I mean, he does give up on them later on because they just refused to listen to them. But he, he felt so, he was willing to give up his soul if, if that would help to win the Jewish nation. He was convicted. My soul had set me over the chariots of my noble people. Over, I believe, is added, but it's not, it doesn't mean greater than, but the fact that she knew their condition. She knew that they were in a lost condition. So I need to do something. The chariots, chariots represent the leaders, the priests, the pastors, the, the chariots of Pharaoh, it was always the leaders that would ride in the chariots and the people, the soldiers would follow along. And it's those leaders that are so mistaken when it comes to teaching the scriptures. And she, you know, I, I just need to do something about that. My noble people, th those that seek after God are the noble ones. And I feel that I need to do something with these guys. Paul, when he first became a Christian, he kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Now, in strength and confounding, the word confounding means upsetting, confusing, disturbing. Paul was trying to win them to Christ, but in his argument, he wasn't doing so well. So therefore, they were going to kill him in by the end of Acts, well, by the, by the end of verse 25, he escaped a plot to kill him, and then he left for Arabia for three years to better prepare to be effective in his outreach for his people. You got to be prepared, and, and that's what this chapter really is all about. Come back, come back, O Shulamite, come back, come back, that we may gaze at you. Gaze at who? In, in chapter 3, verse 11, you were told that we need to be gazing at King Solomon, gaze at Christ as he was upon the cross. Not the followers. You know, do your own study of the Christ. Don't be chasing after the followers. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. It's not us. It's the word. Why should you, so now the bridegroom steps in and says, why should you gaze at the Shulamite as at the dance of two companies? Now this is really interesting here. In Genesis 32, verse 1 and 2, as Jacob has left Laban and he's about to get together with Esau, he's totally terrified of Esau. 
And as he's walking, as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him. Jacob said when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named that place Mahananim. Now in some translations, it doesn't say two companies, but it says Mahananim. And that's what he's calling it. And the two companies is the spiritual to me and the physical. And it's this very night that he has named this place Mahananim that he wrestles with Christ. And at the end of that wrestling, the Lord says to him, Your name shall no longer be Jacob but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. You've wrestled with God and with men. That's the dance of the two companies, I believe. The people of God wrestle in their walk with God. We want to be Christians and we struggle with the physical, the physical versus the spiritual. Sometimes we win, but more often than not, we lose. So, so people can't be judging God based on the sins of his people. That's what he's trying to get across. You know, why are you gazing at the Shulamite and, and her dance, her struggles of being, you know, Christian and, and, and not? It's all about the message and not the messenger. This is what derails people in their search for God. The abuses of denominations, the people claiming war for this in, in the name of God, residential schools and the abuse that they have done, right? Don't be looking at the messengers. Focus. Behold the message. So now she needs, now she knows she needs to be better prepared. And off she's gone to continue that study. And I believe Song of Solomon chapter 7 is Christ identifying her preparedness and corrects her error of being saved to work for Christ, teaching her that she is saved to work with Christ, to work with him. And that's how we'll finish off with chapter 6. Thank you for watching.